All right, and because three is a crowd, I'm here today once again, as always, in the bunker. Kelly? I just realized that we haven't been out of the bunker in a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. The bunker is so convenient for the summer because it's too hot. In apartments, it's too hot anywhere. It's true. And the bunker is just climate controlled. I mean, we don't know what the world's like outside. It's great. Yeah. When they Listen, when they let us out of the bunker, we can go. But you know the rules. We're here. That's true. They said, they said we couldn't leave. This is a Bob Dylan podcast, if you didn't know. <laughs> and we recommend uh, that as you listen along, pop on the record before you join us. Every week at the end of the episode, we are going to choose randomly another Bob Dylan song. This is a great opportunity for you, either in the past, to keep listening along as we go. Go to our website for show notes, uh, for playlists, for all kinds of goodies, as long as a lot of information, a lot of, I mean, our show notes are essentially essays about the song. So if you want to learn more about the song too, it's all there, but it is fun to do in real time. So if you are listening to this in the past, hit us up, let us know what episode you're on. Let us know what you think. And who knows, maybe in the future we can start turning this ship into something that you personally want to see. You never know. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as there are space-time dimensions and a bosonic string theory. What's what's a what's a bosonic? Like boson? What's a boson? Bosonic, yeah. And a bosonic. That was the guy with the particle? Yeah. All right. Boson. Like a bosonic string theory. The answer is 26. The answer is 26. <laughs> I get it. There you go. There we go. So let's get into uh, everything. So before we even start, this is a big bootleg. There's a ton of songs on there. 22 to be total, I guess. 22 to be exact. That's not really a ton of songs. But considering how sort of crazy influential and canonic every one of them are, these are songs that for the most part Kelly's never heard before. So everybody who's a Bob Dylan fan, laugh it up. Laugh it up. I've already done my hey. laughing. Hey. And then we're going to get on the record what you think about these songs, just in a weird 1975 version of them, and see how they stack up as we get to them in real real time. Because Tangled Up in Blue is the only one that we've actually heard before. Tangled Up in Blue is the only one we've done, yeah. which is crazy. And again, we're only 26 episodes in, so get off our back. Get off our back. <laughs> talk to God. I mean, it's whoever does the random.org, talk to them. Like, they, should know, they should know what we're doing. All right, so let's, uh, let's get into it. Before we even start, how did you feel overall? the record before we start going song by song which we're gonna do it's a ride man i i did not was not into first couple tracks it got a lot better i like the the second disc i think a little more um okay. but there's definitely a couple of songs on that one that i was like this is amazing i'm into it basically as soon as that uh what's her name rivera the scarlet rivera yeah, yeah scarlet rivera as soon as that violinist comes in like shit it goes it's goes. great perfect yeah, I love it so awesome there's a lot of good a lot of good but it was a slow burn Fair enough. Okay, well, let's uh, let's dive into it a little bit, the history, but also, like, what is a review? So this week, <laughs> it's, I guess, French for overview, 
mag- like for magazine for overview. Uh, it's a type of multi-act popular theatrical entertainment that yeah. combines music, dance, and sketches. So pretty simple. I think we kind of understand that even today. We definitely don't have reviews anymore. Uh, even on the the Wikipedia for it listed Bob Dylan's Rolling Thunder review as a review that's almost out of time. This was famous before World War II and then never really caught on after that, especially with the advent of TV movies. Right. There's no reason to kind of do this stuff. I can play it kind of with the vaudevillian thing. Yeah, and this was a, this was an upper class vaudeville because vaudeville would sell their tickets for like five, you know, like I forget the exact things, but it's like essentially a dollar will get you into vaudeville, whereas five dollars would get you in to a review. Gotcha. And so the idea was that you're in an leader company, gotcha. and so the jokes are going to be a little bit more highbrow, mm. and they're expected to be a little bit more satirical and sort of mockish and that kind of stuff and sounds fun (laughs) what was the rolling thunder review first of all kelly i'm gonna i'm gonna quiz you what do you think where do you think you got the name for rolling thunder uh i was gonna say motorcycle okay that's good could it have been a native american shaman rolling thunder sure could it have been uh, about operation rolling thunder which was the u.s aerial bombardment during the Vietnam War. Ooh, probably. That sounds good, right? Uh, it actually, I'm going to quote Bob Dylan right here. He said, quote, I was just sitting around my house one day thinking about a name for this tour when all of a sudden I looked into the sky and I heard a boom. Then boom, 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 rolling from east to west. So I figured that should be the name. Wow. Thanks, Bob. So he looked up in the sky and saw Rolling Thunder. Inspiring. Anyways, it is a great name. If we think about vaudeville and getting a bunch of people together, that's what it was. If you don't know, Bob Dylan got together with the players that made up the Desire record, which had not come out yet. So nineteen, this was 1975. That came out in January of 76. Desire was recorded already before they went on tour, except for I think he had to recut Hurricane, which we'll get into a little bit later. But he took them, which I think is the strength of this record. He took them on tour with him. Had a bunch of other people uh, that we'll get into in a little bit. But without them, I think this the sound wouldn't have been there. And I think it's also a stark contrast as to what came before and what would definitely come later, which would be a lot of overbloated, generic rock and roll. It, it is a slippery slope from Bob Dylan right now at the peak of Desire to go to something like Street Legal with a different sound and then fall right into the Bornigan Abyss. I mean, we are right there. I mean, this is four years before we dive down into that hole, and it feels like 400 years away from it. So who are all the people in the Rolling Thunder review? So I just want to shout out the musicians, something that we try to do here, not always to our success, but um, there was a singer-songwriter called, named, uh, I think his name was Bob Dylan. He was the head of all of this. <laughs> um, of course, we had Joan Baez. Uh, we had uh, Roger McEwen, who is a part of the Birds. Uh, we had Ramblin' Jack Elliott, uh, Bob Newworth, T-Bone Burkett, Mick Ronson, who was a part of the Spiders from Mars, David Bowie's backing band oh, right, when right, he was, okay. yeah. Uh, Patty Smith was offered oh. a role on it when she was just brand new, just a baby. Allen Ginsberg showed up for some of them. He was cut often at the beginning because his, like, chants would go on too long and, like, you can't keep people there for, like, five hours so like a good three or four hours is like enough but he would often come out and uh, sing on this land is your land which they would close every night with so he was part of the guests uh Joni mitchell would find her way onto the tour i believe in 75 and then she, i think she would keep doing it into 76 
Um, so there was a lot of a lot of people, and then of course we have Scarlett Rivera, who is amazing. Uh, the bassist Rob Stoner, which oh, yeah. I cannot speak highly enough, and also the drummer Howie Wythe. He is they the that that core is so good, so talented. This is also famous for a movie that we're going to end up watching, probably one of our next ones. If not, I'm not there. We're definitely going to watch Ronaldo and Clara, which was filmed during this. Thankfully, we have a lot of footage. I mean, thankfully, not thankfully, depending on your opinion of Ronaldo and Clara. But still, it's cool to have a lot of footage. Oh, so, mm-hmm. oh nice. Yeah, so when we watch Ronaldo and Clara, it is a, an improvised movie, essentially, with footage of them playing music. Huh. Cool. So we'll get into it when we talk Sounds about like it because it's a, it's a four hour mess. Yeah. So it's <laughs> a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And what's also interesting is that Sam Shepard, playwright, actor who just passed away, uh, he was a young gun at this point. He was sort of a relative unknown. And Bob Dylan recruited him to write for to write, quote unquote. He did not realize that this was just going to be an unscripted, completely extemporaneous exercise. So he pretty much took credit for for nothing. And ended up sort of writing a little logbook about everything. So uh, finally, it's very important to, to recognize that this is, like I said before, 1975, not 1976. We will eventually listen to Hard Rain, uh, which was a live record released by Bob Dylan and Columbia Records. It's a real thing. Uh, it was a show that took place in 1976 in Fort Collins, Colorado, his second to last before the tour ended. They were completely dead and out of steam at that point. So what we're talking about is the first leg of the tour, which is wildly celebrated, and not the West Coast, you know, from Texas all the way around leg, which is not that good. So when we get to Hard Rain, we will definitely talk about the second half of this fabled tour. But when any, whenever anybody remembers the Rolling Thunder review, we are talking about very specifically November um 1975 into early 1976 boom just a very quick tour but the whole point is that he would drive they would go town to town and be completely closed lip about joe maez being there about who else was going to be there about what where they were playing so people would have to be on their toe on their toes and going to the venue to buy tickets that day to be a part of it which i think is a fascinating experience that just doesn't happen that often uh and then i want to quote clinton highland because of course and i think highland is uh pretty authoritative when it comes to this i also think uh that michael gray of the bob dylan encyclopedia is as well but i just want to quote this at length because i think it's really important because we're we're one year off of we listened to planet waves that was our first album ever right after that we talked about the tour that he did with the band that was 1974 this is one year later there couldn't be a starker difference between the tour that he did with the band and this ramshackle tour that he was doing with a bunch of musicians. So Clinton Highland notes, quote, the Rolling Thunder review shows remain some of the finest music that Dylan has ever played with a live band. Gone was the traditionalism of the band. Instead, he found a whole set of textures rarely found in rock. The idea of blending the idea of blending the steel pedal syncopation of Mansfield, Ronson's glam rock lead breaks, and Rivera's electric violin made for something as musically layered as Bob Dylan's lyrics. He also mentioned, and I think it's really important, he said that Bob Dylan had, quote, a vocal precision rare even for him, snapping and stretching words to cajole nuances of meaning from each and every line. And I think that's true. For somebody who mumbles a whole hell of a lot and we've listened mm-hmm. to Triplicate, there is something incredibly unique about this moment of Bob Dylan's career where he is just, every word is so spoken and so direct. And I fucking love it. 
there's enough nuance based on Bob Dylan's voice as an instrument that gives it a difference that Bob Dylan today, his voice sounds the same in every song. His voice as an instrument is gone. Mm -hmm. So it's really trying to suss out like little tiny lyrical bits and like, oh, maybe I can kind of get on this little layer of a of a track. But here it's just like, I know what song this is in two seconds. And the crowd does too because they cheer yeah. and they're ready to go. Doesn't happen today. All right, let's get into the songs themselves. So Kelly, this was an exercise mostly for you. I know you took notes on every single song, so I'm excited to just walk through the record with you, uh, fill in some gaps and talk about it as we go. So let's let's start right off the bat. Tonight I'll be staying here with you. All right. All right, let's go. Are you prepared to be underwhelmed? I'm super, I'm super excited to be underwhelmed. <laughs> uh, this song apparently reminds me of the song Guitar Man, the cake version, not the bread one, which bread did originally. So, What the hell's a bread? They were a band in the 70s. No shit. And What's up? Shouts to bread. Shouts to cake. Shouts to cake. <laughs> bread and cake. I mean, that's on brand right there. Right? Oh, the only bands that are allowed to cover our songs are, are have food to be bands. food groups. Food <laughs> the eggs. Where's the cranberries? Cranberries. Nice. The, the apricots. Meatloaf. Stop meat making loaf. this up. There's plenty of food bands. Stop making stuff. God, Meatloaf doing a version of Bread's song that oh, Cake no. stole? I don't know. Wow. All right. It's too many layers. What if you had a song that started out by the band called like Boiled Eggs or something, and slowly it was covered over time with the ingredients? So you find a band called Salt that would cover it, oh, and no. every it would just slowly go through oh, the rhythms. No. Add a little pepper. Oh, no. Hey, Pepper is a band too. Pepper is a band. I know. Salt and Pepper. <gasps> Get Salt and Pepper. To f- oh, my God. Oh, wow. So good. What a pass. So good. What a journey. Jesus Christ. It says Rolling Thunder in the song. Roll credits. Lonesome Whistle, Dude Loves a Train. Yes, he tra- trains and bells. Trains I don't think we bells. have a lot of bells in this one. So much twang. Give me that tremolo. What is that background noise? A string instrument? A wobbly saw? An organ? I'll never know. I think I've realized, like, uh, there's a progression in my notes. Like, oh, I think I've nailed it. It's either like a slide lap guitar or a slide guitar period with a, an effects pedal. I think that's all yeah. it is. But it's a really, like, interesting sound. It is an interesting sound. And it does pervade. And I think when you first were like, all these songs sound the same, I knew that it was going to change. Mm-hmm. But if I had 22 tracks of, of that, that too much. it would be a bit much. Yeah, so. So what album is this actually on? That is from um, Nashville Skyline. Oh, so it's an older one. No, well, 1969. Well, you said this is, these are were acoustic songs though, right? This was an acoustic song. This is a country song. Yep. I don't need them anymore Cause tonight I'll be staying here with you I put flange, is it flange? I'm still trying to figure out what's, what's going on. <laughs> uh, it has to be. Weird, whiny, unclockable instrument thing that's okay. happening. That okay. carries again through. Also, the drums are pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, there's not really a When you lot of said it, I was like, oh, yeah, those three are the same. Yeah. And I'll get into why they are, because there is actually a reason why these all do sound the same, but keep, keep going. Harmonica breakdown, exclamation point. <sighs> so good. Yes. Um, and the last minute-ish of the song is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he starts going into that harmonica and mm-hmm. then sort of brings it back. Sometimes he would walk on the stage to this song wearing a plastic mask oh. and then toss it out into the crowd uh, when he busted out the harmonica solo and then uh according to scarlet rivera one heckler asked dylan why are you wearing a mask and then dylan replied 
the meaning is in the words. <laughs> oh, wow. It's great. High art, my friend. Oh, apparently. But also it's true. I mean, listen to the words, bro. Yeah. I can wear my mask. We mentioned this before. It's just Halloween. <laughs> I have my Bob Dylan mask on. <laughs> I think masks, as much as trains and bells <laughs> mix, I think the idea of like, the, the mask that we wear on the outside and what we feel on the inside is definitely a Bob Dylan trope. And I yeah. think uh, this that's way more relatable than trains and bells. I'm going to tell you that much. Masks but, and running away from stuff. Yeah. I'm a big fan of masks as a metaphor for things. Hard rain's going to fall. Hard rain's going to fall. So much squeedly guitar. Yes. The song feels really repetitive. Uh, the chorus reminds me of Take Me Home, Country Road. For like a second. <laughs> this song. What was I thinking of while these songs were going on? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the last one I put I, this kind of reminds me of Rolling Stone, which that was a journey. Like a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling Stone, yeah. And this song also reminds me that I need to pay my water bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, Hard Rain's, that's another This classic. song is meh. The guitars are good. Instrumental bridge slash break is the best part. This will be a fun one to come back to because I think... That is a great characterization. I, personally, I love singing it, but I realized singing it during this week, I have forgotten the words to Hard Rain's <laughs> Gonna Fall. And so I am, a, I'm, you know, I'm that person in the car just like mumbling along and like getting one word out of like seven. Like, it was I, I, real bad. And I'm kind of with you on that too, where the, the original, while it's longer, like this is a three minute like burst. It's like imagine taking a seven and a half minute song and condensing it into three while not losing a single verse, single chorus. That is the song. Um, But I think meh is a good one because it is literally just paint by numbers at that point. It's like here are four bars and you're going to play that over and over and over again. And you're going to get that chorus in and then continue. And I'm going to go nuts screaming. But as somebody who loves punk music and sort of the raw visceralness of it, I do appreciate it. I, I appreciate even the effort. Because, you know, Bob has changed his songs a lot, but speeding them up to an upteenth degree is something that Bob is not known for. So I kind of appreciate that it even exists. It's kind of fun. Yeah, with more context. With more context, yeah. Because it's a hard, it's a hard. For some reason, that really reminded me of the country roads, like, country road. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like everyone singing on it, though. It's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard. But it just like it felt like fall. too much after after the eighteenth time. Yeah, that's true. Lonesome death of Hattie Carroll. Mm-hmm. We have mentioned this on the podcast before, talking about Bob Dylan and history, mm. uh, and Hurricane's another example of it, where it kind of the bounds of the truth. Sort oh, gotcha! Of, right. It's the pulling of what was the other one? The bridge. Oh, Emmett Till. Well, Emmett we were talking about Emmett Till. Yeah, just about yeah. A little factually inaccurate. A little factually inaccurate, but what is the role of a songwriter? And so this song is powerful. You know, sort of, you've seen this injustice. What do you do? You either, you know, lift up the rag to your face and dry away your tears, or you, you know, look away. You either look away or you dry and you move on. So, I mean, it's a powerful song, but it's a very specific song to its time. So the chorus is great, but like hearing the story of William Zanzinger, it doesn't really, I don't know. It's one that I couldn't really come back to. Well, I skipped over it. I, I don't think it. I listened to it. Because yeah. after the first three songs, I was like, oh my God, this sounds different. Slow down. Listen to that bass, because it's oh, great. God, yeah. uh, there's a line where he says something about a gavel, and the, the person playing the snare, tap, 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 which is very cool. They do that a lot when they say the thunder later on with like ISIS, oh, really? and it's like, they start like doing oh, weird. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, we'll get to yes. that. Um, 
guitar solos sounding pretty similar at this point. All the guitar solos that happen are like just squeedly-weedly. Which Let's is great. Come on. <laughs> Love it. If you were watching a five-song set and it was that sort of stuff, like for five straight songs, I'd be like, it might sound repetitive again, but it's that punk sort of like there's enough variation. They're like, okay, I can kind of see what's going on here. I like it. I like it. And that song did kind of ring – if this was the actual show, which it is not the show. These are different versions from different nights. But it's a weird – it is kind of a slowdown. Romance and Durango. Yeah. So this and Isis that follows it are, are two new songs. Desire is not out yet. So these are both on that album. These are both on Desire. So this is a crowd that's hearing new music that has never been heard before. They don't know this song. Hmm. They don't know these two. Uh, they don't know the four that are going to come later, um, which is – fascinating i mean a lot of bands don't do that stuff anymore or, or they do to like silence or but they I play think, like one track exactly and then back off but like with this it just oh it not only does it fit but it's bob dylan at his height so when he's singing it you're getting it like you're hearing that shit it's not he's not mumbling his way through something it's not like you need to have the record to know which is for the for the most part how it is with music today you need to if you want to engage with it you've got to hear it before right uh, otherwise, you're just going to be like thrashing about and not knowing what you're doing. But here, it's it feels really raw and, and new. So, what did you think of those two? It's, because uh, well, the romance of Drago is this a place in South America? Drago? Yeah, he he actually um, wrote it when he was doing Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid because they filmed in Mexico. Well, Scarlet, oh my God, here Scarlet destroys Amazing. worlds. Yeah, Bob's Spanish is nice. His voice is really nice. Mm-hmm. That her her fucking violin, man. It just like the depth that it added to this the whole rest of the show. It's just not in all the songs, but no. like, oh my god. Well, you're gonna love Desire when we get to um, it because they all have her. She's on every track. So. This song is way better than the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> and Gogol Bordello is what I put because oh, for yeah. some reason it really reminded me of that. So there you go. And then Isis, uh, that electric violin really kicks ass yes. and makes everything better. It does. A harmonica. Uh, this song feels like it fills the space it's in. Like, I when I was listening to it, it kind of made me feel like it was in an outdoor venue, but somehow it's filling that entire space, but also, like, filling, like, inside, too. You feel yeah. full somehow. It's really, I, really Like, nice. that feeling that you're saying right there, I'm thinking of when you start singing. But infinity is like bouncing off the walls and just like, like hugging coming into me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels it feels very surrounding. Yeah, it's in really a, in the cool. Best way. Yeah, and that's probably why they chose that because on Biograph they have another, uh, which was released in 1985. They have another version of Isis, which I think does better. And this is like really stupid, but like does better like thunder and lightning effects that no. night they just got better with like is that what they were know, trying to emulate? Oh, oh yeah like what yeah, is there's so many fun interjections i just thought it was random flourishes that they wanted to do i didn't no. realize it was supposed to emulate and it's it, not right? on the record which i think is fine like restrain yourself a bit but they got really fun on that and that song is so much fun because it has like a start stop feel and in the in between those moments you've got like going crazy on the pe- you know whatever it is but oh yeah i put intentional planned mania oh yeah that's what it sounds like it's lovely and it sounds crazy it sounds chaotic but it's and when we get to right. it there's so i'm isis probably has it's a song he does not come back to but my god the versions he has from rolling thunder and beyond are so unique and so fun it's great yeah. not only musically because you can do so much with it but lyrically i think it's impeccable like the story of like going off with this huckster and then 
burying his body and trying to get back to Isis, you know, this goddess, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, Isis and Romance and Dragon were really good. Were great. I'm, I'm curious to hear another version of Isis because yeah. I don't know how different it is. But It's slower, actually. The, the Desire version is slower. But I think the pace, just taking from like Cowboy Angel Blues, Plymouth Rock, like all of the, the big bootlegs for the, the full shows um, for the Rolling Thunder review that I've heard, this this is how he plays it live. Um, if you were to play it today, it would be a waltz. But because <laughs> everything is <laughs> exactly so, you're, we're in a fine period. A lot of people really love this time period because Blood on the Tracks gets represented. Blood on the Tracks, classic record. Some consider it Bob Dylan's best ever. Doesn't get a lot of love except for Tangled Up in Blue, like that, mm-hmm. like Simple Twist of Fate. It's so fun to have it on here because like there just isn't a time period where Bob Dylan felt the need to sing these songs in something that's workably good. Like, what a tonal shift once you bring Scarlet out. It's, mm, yeah. oh, it's yeah. beautiful. That's so. exciting. I want to get that. Yeah, right. yeah. That's going to be great. Mr. Team, Mr. Tambourine Man. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Taylor. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard one because it's like such a canon now. Oh, what a sweet little song. Yay, yeah, Monica. We're going to have to, when we get to it, maybe dig in a little more because is such a unique song and a unique song for its time. What is but it's not talking anymore. about before delving in? Like, Tr- drugs. Oh, okay. Taking drugs, yeah. I, so many of his songs are like protest or war songs. So I was just like, what? I don't know. Well, this is why he played this at like New, Newport Festival, like 64, the one before he went electric. And before he had just been playing his protest songs. So this was not a protest song. Okay. And so it was a little bit divisive, which is hilarious because it's like this guy playing an acoustic guitar. But Bob Dylan at that time was Bob Dylan. You know, this this showed up on Bringing It All Back Home, which was 1965. So that was his acoustic electric half album before mm-hmm. Highway 61 revisited. So there was like, people were like, what is this song even about? Why aren't you like taking something from the newspaper and singing about it? Um, and so there was kind of a weird sort of like rift even then. And then Bob next year was like leather jackets and singing fucking, you know, I don't want to work on Maggie's farm no more, like going crazy. <laughs> so yeah, and actually this is a good place to stop. So I'm just going to run through really quick for everybody out there. What was it like to go to the Rolling Thunder Review? So I want to stop now just before we keep going, because the rest of the all of the songs are going to kind of fall into place. But this is actually the moment in his show, Mr. Tambourine Man, that would be like the last sort of spontaneous moment. So essentially, if you would go, and this is all from the Bob Dylan Encyclopedia, so if you're curious, go look there. But the general pattern of the concerts would be, uh, you would start with the opening band, Guam, because of course, Guam, um, would open up with like a gypsy carnival type sort of stuff. Bob Dylan would come out. He would open up with When I Paint My Masterpiece, which is a, song that he did with the band it's actually on i think music from big pink which is the band's record but it's a song from big pink so it's an older song And he would play a mixture of songs in that vein. 
And then he would do Romance and Durango and Isis pretty much consistently in that order. So they bring Scarlet out, do that. After Isis, the curtain would fall, signaling the end of the first half of the show, in which case it would rise again and reveal Bob Dylan and Joan Baez. They would both be there. Mm -hmm. Everyone would freak out because, oh, my God, they haven't been together in 10 years and we care about this so much. Ah." (laughs) So they lose their shit, and that's great. And as they go to leave off the stage the second time, Bob... Uh, hustles back to the stage by himself and sings Mr. Tambourine Man for the crowd. Crowd goes crazy. They love it. <laughs> and then after that, he's like, gotta go. And then Joan comes back out probably to a little bit less applause each time. And then Joan does her own set at that point. So Joan would play by herself. And then Bob Dylan would return after Joan and would play his acoustic song. So a lot of these acoustic songs that we're about to talk about came after. So this would be the second half of the show. And then at the and then uh, he would leave again. Guam would come back out. What's up, Guam? And I'm sure there was variations on that too. I'm sure other people came out and played with them mm-hmm. and did stuff. Um, and then at the very end, every night the penultimate song would be "Knocking on Heaven's Door," which closes out, if you will, this show. If we think about it like that, uh, that we're listening to, and Roger McEwen would do the vocals on it. So he's the person doing the vocals. That's not Bob on that. On that song. And then they would close every night with This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie, which would get every single person on stage singing it, uh, including like Allen Ginsberg, Ramblin' Jack Elliott, whoever was in town would just be up on stage singing together. And then that would be the end of the show. So the Mr. Tambourine part was pretty accurate in the show. Um, however, they've been playing loose so far with some things. But it's really like the intro, the beginning, and the out that they mess up. Like, I wish we had this land is your land. Like, why don't we have that on there? That would have been really, really fun, but we'll get to that at the end. But anyway, so that's what the show would look like when you would go to it. And it would usually last a couple of hours. So you're definitely getting your money's worth. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dylan would end up playing about 19 to 20 songs. What a fun thing. I guess Amanda Palmer kind of does that when she tours too. She'll take like circus acts yeah. and all kinds of stuff and just make a whole thing of it. Yeah. And I think back then it's kind of weird again to think about the early seventies and just kind of like coming off of rock rocks, first big era Mm -hmm. now we have these mega tours and stuff like that like this was a i think a music trying to find its way like what what are we doing because even with punk it's like we're stripping all the veneer away and i wonder you know bob dylan was playing in 74 with the band to these huge stadiums this was i guess his kind of way of stripping the veneer going to smaller venues and doing something fun doing something fun and then 76 would come around and he would say well, we can make more money from this, and then it turns out to be terrible. So, and that's pretty much Bob Dylan's mo. This is great. Let's let's get this. This is authentic and amazing. Oh, we can make a fuck ton of money from this. Oh, it's going to be degraded let's instantly. Bring it dry. Exactly. Simple twist of fate. Simple twist of fate. He says tingle to his bone, and I put tingle to his bone indeed. Well, he says bones because <laughs> he he's does. talking about lady. Is yeah, he talking so. about himself in the third person? Right. 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 Well, yes. Everyone leaves me. It's the theme of this song, which is going to be a thing upcoming a lot, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Harmonica. Harmonica's great. Important. Very important. Uh, there's a really dark chord progression right before the end, and I like that a lot. Okay. It's just like suddenly, which it hadn't really been in this song previous, but like right before the end, the very right before the last note, there's like this really dark minor chord progression. I was like, fuck yeah, that. Where was that this whole time? What the fuck happened? Yeah. So I love Simple Twist of Fate. That was from Blood on the Tracks. So this is that and Tangled Up in Blue, I think, are, yeah, they're our only representation for Blood, which is just out. Like, it came out in 75. So it's, it's like... nuts for someone to it's not a, just play Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which is, again, it's just, it's unfathomable at this point. 
that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, he also wouldn't be playing these desire cuts. Like we wouldn't we wouldn't have any of this stuff. Um, so the the lyrics on Blood on the Tracks, I'm 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 referring to the very last lyrics of the song. So on Blood on the Tracks, he he sings. People tell me it's a sin to know and feel too much within. I still believe she was my twin, but I lost the ring. She was born in spring, but I was born too late. Blame it on this simple twist of fate. So that's the end of that version. His version, this night, I don't know if it was every night. People tell me it's a crime. To know too much for too long a time She should have caught me in my prime She would have stayed with me Instead of going off to sea And leaving me to meditate Upon that simple twist of fate And leaving me well, okay, to meditate. Like, yeah, that's when it starts to get dark. And then leaving me to meditate upon a simple twist of fate. He is not singing about his wife. He's singing about <laughs> Suze Rotolo. He's singing about his girlfriend from 1963, 60, 62, 63, 64. I think they broke up, yeah, at another side of Bob Dylan because he's got a really shitty song about her on there. He's singing about her. He's saying, I wish that Suze would meet me now. And that this wouldn't have happened instead of she went off to Spain. She went off to Italy and she left me. And he was like a complete mess then and just a little baby. And I think it's fascinating to have him changing the lyrics, singing that song, while also incorporating Sarah into his song list about his wife. Like how He's currently married to Sarah. He was married to Sarah. And Sarah would end up coming on this, and that's what made the 76 leg so treacherous because 75 was kind of taut and tight. Everyone's moving, everyone's going. But you've introduced a couple of things, let me just say. You've introduced Suze Rotolo in a song. You have Sarah, who does join him for a leg of it. You have Joan Baez, who was his lover while being with Suze. So you've already created something super weird, and now you've brought her back from the dead after 10 years just to be a part of a movie where she acts like a fake love interest or whatever. And you have them playing these roles that they are already playing in real life. It's so absolutely insane. And Bob Dylan then ends up, you know, doing what he does, which is sleeping with other people and not being a good, faithful husband. And then you've got Sarah coming in and following along on the tour. Things just go so off the rails for the Rolling Thunder in 76, especially. <laughs> oh, no. You got Joan Baez here, too. Like, what are oh, you no. doing? And Joan, like at the time, too, back in the day, didn't even know that Bob had like married Sarah because that was like a secret thing. And then Joan is like trying to mack on it and like. It's like, who are you? And like, they had a thing. And then they became friends because Bob's a, you know, cheater. And it's like, well, we were the other women, I guess, for a while. And it was just weird. Sounds like a bad sick. Everything's weird. What's yeah. 1970s, yo. Separation is coming. It's very imminent at this point. And I think things like this are acting out. That's what he's doing. He's just basically, he's not happy. He's doing what Bob does. And it's the only way he can. And it got me thinking a lot, too, about like, it must be crazy to write songs about like loved ones, like people that you were with yeah. and then get with other people. And like, because you can't really separate those songs and like, you don't expect to pretend that I'm singing to you. Like, but it must be crazy to just have like a whole, you know, 
all your entire discography is like these incredibly personal songs that you can attach whatever you want to. Blown in the wind. <laughs> yes. Forrest Gump. And then I put, is it in Forrest Gump? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Jenny sings it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, when she was naked? Yep. On the stool singing the song. And then Forrest, I think, runs in and grabs her like, you can't be naked singing this song. Uh, I remember seeing her butt. That was a huge thing for me. That was I'm a huge six. moment in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I was six. No, I was probably eight or nine at that point. Really? Ninety four. I think ninety four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would have been. I would have been eight at that point. Yeah. I wrote, "Hey Joan, uh, I like it. She sings pretty. Oh Joan, yeah, yeah. What does it mean? Like." Everything turns to ash because everything slash everyone dies. Is that what blown in the wind means? And I put two minutes and 43 seconds. Oh, nice. And I, it's a really hard one for me. It's so seared in your memory. It's a civil rights anthem. It became, I mean, I think most people would say if you don't know anything about Bob Dylan, you probably know blown in the wind. That might not be true anymore, but certainly back then, I mean, that is his first like earth shattering song. It's hard to talk about that song. It's more about the cultural significance of the song than it is about the song itself. The song is so blisteringly simple, but so completely correct. Mama, you've been on my mind. Love it. Give me that bass. Yeah. A cool sound instrument dropout during the song, which leaves like just the acoustic guitar for a little bit, which is really nice. Yeah. Uh, nice picking by the guitarist. And who is Mama? Yeah, I think she's Mama. I thought Mama cast for a minute, but then she died in 74. Four, so I was like, well, they it could be, be about. Well, because just because Joan says Mama's here tonight in the first row or something like that. Yeah. Oh, well, and actually, Mom. I mean, I don't. Maybe I don't know my exact timeline, but his mom, Bob Dylan's mom, came oh. and joined this land is your land. Okay. Uh, well, then maybe. So it could have actually been Bob Dylan's mom. mom but I think it's more just like Mama, you're, you know, everyone's I mom. Mama. You call me Daddy, that kind of stuff. Like, oh. I mean, it's creepy now because we don't do that stuff anymore. But like. Back then, there's so many songs about Sugar Mama and blah, right. blah, blah. You know, so that's what it is. Mama, okay. you've been on my mind. And she sings it when she does it. Um, she'll sing Daddy. So, like, Daddy, you've been on my mind. They just do that interlocking thing. And, you know, it sounds gross now. Like, we got to let that go. All right, then. I shall be released. Yes. So Someone this closes the out the first, yeah. You make a lovely couple. And then Joan Baez says, don't make myths, I think. Uh. And then says, couple of what? Couple of what? Which is great. <laughs> like, nice joke. Couple of, couple of what? Yeah. Uh, Every man who put me here is a line in the song. And I was like, Bob is making a list, a la Aria. <laughs> and I put, hey, I think I know this song. And then it made me think of the TV show, Any Day Now, which was something my mom used to watch all the time. It was about oh, these two friends. One was black and one was white growing up in the civil rights era. Okay in the south somewhere and they maintained a friendship up to present day which at that time was the very late 80s or early 90s okay it was i don't know my mom liked it It was like a nice lifetime show or something like that it's, it's kind of fun yeah. actually it's like any day now but anyway it's very familiar I've any heard day before. now yeah. any day now do you have anything to say yeah. about no 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 i think all of that uh, just put bob and joan together it's nice to hear it's um you know i i think i was a lot more partial to that at different times in my life I'm Her voice not. is really pretty. They sound good. Oh, she sounds, she's great. Yeah. She's so good and just lovely voice. Yeah. And she's a great guitarist, too. She's a great guitarist, yeah. She's an incredibly talented person. And I think her, um, I think the one thing I would say is that her insistence upon Dylan um, starts to look a certain way in, in that it's, like, sad. It sucks. We've all been there. Like, you obviously have feelings for this person and it, like, 
And you have this just idea kind that of, you just wanted this one version of them so bad. Yeah, and like the, it could have worked. It could have worked so well. And it just never was going to. And you realize that way, way, way too late. Yeah. And so it's kind of – it ter- starts to turn kind of macabre and kind of sad, um, especially with what he puts her through in Ronaldo and Clara. It's like it just kind of – it's a huge bummer. So we'll see all these people in their acting oh, finest. Man. Yeah, excited. It's all over now, baby blue. I like his voice. This shit sounds good. Yeah. The crowd yeah. is in, like, into this song. Yeah. This song is big. It's a big one. Harmonica. Guitar plus Bob is best, Bob. That's, that's a lie, because there's some songs coming up that I'm like, wow, that's better. <laughs> uh, there was a, like, on the harmonica, he was playing harmonica, like, too fast for his guitar for a second. Ah, it's like, nice. whoops, 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 fuck that up. All right. Slow this down. No yeah. one will know. No one will know. Yeah, that Love Minus Zero is pretty song. He sounds very Cat Stevensy to me, like his vocal quality during that. Yeah. Which I don't know. That's a compliment. I mean, it, for it's a really Bob Dylan world. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also a very confident song. I think the, these three songs are probably Bob. The, I mean, yeah. Because and, and, there are a lot of songs about vulnerability and feeling certain ways. But, like, these are bangers. And the way that he sings them are so, like, matter of fact. And I really like it. It's really Love nice. Love the way It's he so sings. nice to be able to hear what he's saying. And he's trying to carry a note yeah like, and and they're again because they're all acoustic all of these were acoustic well i mean tangled up in blue there is an acoustic version but we've heard tangled up in blue that's the only one we have heard um but it is nice to get like an alt version of it where mm-hmm. it's like just him and a guitar and not really like he's not stylizing he's not fluffing stuff he's just like i'm just playing simple chords and i'm singing this song the song is what's important not like my notes or like whatever it's hear the words in your face yeah which i really like so Tangled Up in Blue, mm-hmm. I obviously know that one. We do, episode three, um, long time ago. The the crowd takes a second to figure out what he's going to play, which I thought was interesting because mm-hmm. I knew it instantly. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've only heard this song a couple times. <laughs> I know exactly what this is. Um, he changes a couple of the lyrics. The The biggest, like I noticed he said Santa Fe instead of another place where he's like went down to wherever. Uh, the biggest thing I noticed is the last verse-ish where he's like, I got to get to her somehow. He says them instead. He and he continues saying them. Like I wonder what they're doing, or like he keeps referring to them being the man and the woman that mm-hmm. he left. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Instead of just focusing singularly on the woman that he left, so I didn't know if that was a difference or if that was pointed, yeah. or he was just like, "Fuck it, I want to say them." <laughs> instead. Well, I think we kind of we. I again, it's such an early podcast episode, but that was something that was brought up. I wonder if I brought it up or cut it out. I cannot remember for the life of me it's like a thousand years ago at this point but episode three that was one of those things that it did change over time it was like very specifically a first person and then it became like a weird third person and then a first third combo where (laughs) where you didn't quite know exactly what he was saying and so i think this is part of it where it's like this song is changing right now to me i'm just gonna sing it how i feel it maybe them is the idea of that relationship like oh, i need to get back to them her and i christ and now we're back into (laughs) (laughs) we're back who's who you and i need to get back to Suze. need to get back to joan i mean joan's back there like back to me maybe that's that's probably what it is that's dark i don't know who them is but like sarah's like i know that's not me oh man (laughs) i know the end is Uh, nigh fuck uh the water is wide Time for a nap. <laughs> the water. I will admit to going through this. Yeah. And I guess this is a good part to bring up um, covers. Um, some people were mad. Um, there was a Johnny Ace song called Never Let Me Go that he covered pretty much every night. Uh, not included. I, that, I would have much preferred that.
another song dark as dark as a dungeon uh another great another great sort of slow um traditional ballad um i think interchangeable with this i don't think he would have felt any different about that one but it would have been cool to see that but i think we're at that point we're kind of quibbling about stuff it's fine it's yeah. nice it sounds really good Boy. yeah and that's i think probably the most if if someone was looking for bob and joan to like sing on key and do something like semi-correctly and not be stepping over one another which is what i like about bob and joan um this is probably your bag because i think this is I mean, as far as I can remember it, I did listen to it this week once. It's pretty it's pretty straightforward. They both sing it pretty well. They don't step on each other's toes. No, I think it's because Bob didn't write it. So I think probably. he's more he's he feels more of a fealty to like getting the song right than sort of changing it on a whim because it's his. So it takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry. God this guy in trains, I swear. This and this version I think is maybe the only one that's I think um is worse for the wear. And okay. it sounds exactly like Hard Rain is going to fall. But he loves trains. Let's not he forget. He does. Oh, I put Marty McFly, Eat Your Heart Out, because the guitar solo reminded me of the, the Johnny B. Good thing. I don't know why. Oh, <laughs> sister. Yes, the now we're crowd. back into Desire. We're the back crowd. into this. Yeah. Play a protest song. And then Bob Dylan, here's some for you. Here's some for you. Oh, sister, when I come. But hey, Scarlet's back. Scarlet's back. Scarlet's back for four four songs. Uh, it reminded me of The Weight for some reason. Oh, fun. Which is a song by the band. Did you know by that? By the band, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I, I like it. I, it's like, I'm, I am I like more upbeat music, but I am a sucker. I'm a sucker for One More Cup of Coffee, which we'll get to. I'm a sucker for Oh, Sister. I think those two are just, they keep that album. That album is also, there's a point towards the end where he holds a note for a really long time. I was like, what an impressive little vocal exercise, Bob Dylan. He does. I cannot believe you had it in you. We grew up together from the cradle to the grave. We died in this song <laughs> fuck yeah scarlet give me that violin give me that bass he says shit and i lost my mind oh my god he, he's Bob Dylan just swore <laughs> drums sound great although not super complex but they sound great yeah fucking bongos he says son of a bitch uh put his ass in something put his ass in the stirs yeah. there you go mm-hmm. and uh harmonica yep oh, i was put it right row n word yep <laughs> but powerful yeah and yeah, first time I heard it. Jarring. Even in even as a high school kid, it's just like, ooh, all right. And then my my tape, my CD that I had would skip pretty much right after that. So I knew like <laughs> right when that would happen, I would get like another basically another beat or two, and then it just like started going out, and then I'd have to skip the song. <laughs> so for the longest time, I only got to that far in Hurricane. I had no idea what was after. So. Yeah, I definitely know this song. I, I was trying to place it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it sounds like music my – this song specifically sounds like something my, my dad would listen to. Yeah. But I don't ever remember him listening to Bob Dylan or if I did. I mean, I've heard lots of Bob Dylan through my life apparently that I had no idea was Bob Dylan. So right. it's very possible my dad was into Bob Dylan and I just right. didn't know. But he was always a Tom Petty and James Taylor guy. So I don't well, know. Well, and Petty and Dylan, like I said, late 80s, they were just buds. 
And so, the Wilburys. And the Wilburys, yeah. Who knows? But this is a great, great song. I love great it. Song. It's fucking, it kicks ass. It's eight minutes that flies by. Like, I couldn't believe it was eight minutes because it felt like two solid minutes of just like perfect everything. And I think that's like pretty much 100% on Bob Dylan's delivery. And the story yeah. is also, as always, completely relatable and understandable. And unfortunately, things are very much exactly the same as yeah. they were back then. Um, and we'll get into that. I cannot wait to do Hurricane because that's another great song that we mentioned before about the historical inaccuracies that almost are necessary to tell a, an actual, like the truest picture of something through a little bit of flubbing because that's just inherently going to happen. So, And then we'll watch the movie as well, which I think will be pretty cool because yeah, Denzel wait. Washington. Gotcha. One more cup of coffee. This is my favorite song. I couldn't figure out what the crowd was yelling at the beginning of the thing, which was pissing me off, but it doesn't matter. Flange on the violin. Who would put flange on a violin? You're a genius. <laughs> it's amazing. Scarlet. I'm here for it. Yes. Bongos, bass lines, banging. It's sad and awesome, and I love it. And the violin is haunting. Yes. And the guitar at the end is just so cool. Damn, this song is so cool. I just love the shit out of it. So yes. one more cup of coffee, number yes. one. Hurricane, number two, for sure. Good. All right. We got Desire. I'm stoked. I liked all the tracks cool. that were from that on cool. this little thing. So. Great. Sarah. Ugh, That's not tough. how you say Sarah, man. The versus... Her name is not Sarah. Uh, it's Sarah. not, right? It's just Sarah, Sarah, like a normal person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just Sarah. <laughs> the verses are better than the chorus. The virgin angel line. Ugh, that's Bob. That's Bob. <laughs> uh, the song is too meta and it makes me feel weird. If I was Sarah, I'd feel super weird. <laughs> I mean, I feel weird about everything, but I'd feel super weird about this. Oh, I put fuck rhyming, am I right? Also, don't leave me. Yeah. Harmonica. Yes. <laughs> Harmonica. <laughs> and then we get to... Just like a woman. Yeah. Fuck that guy in the crowd for suggesting this song. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see Just that. like a woman. But I was like, what? Okay. Just like a woman? Okay. I was like, oh, you <laughs> bastard. That's uh, my... That is also... That's up there, too, with like... A, just like it takes a lot to laugh at trying to cry as a has a weird call because i don't think that it really adds anything to it it doesn't radically change it in any way yeah i, I don't know i i don't i don't think that the song is served by this yeah i want to i was iteration. trying to listen to it because i was like this can't really be on the face of it just like this really creepy misogyny song i mean it could be but yeah i feel like he, it's not the intention of the song but i didn't go into it enough and we'll uh, we'll get to it yeah we'll get but to he's it he's trying to make a comment on fragility not on people i would hope and to close out, knocking on heaven's door. Yes. I heard this one. Uh, dreamy <laughs> Leonard Skinner guitar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and violin is great. Thunder roll. Again. It's great. Just so you know. Love it. Everybody's singing. The bridge without the percussion is oh, very sweet. God. And then the, I wrote twinkly. It's twinkly, twinkly guitars. And then so in the end, pretty. everyone comes back right after the uh-huh. just the guitar and the strings. And it's really good. It's yeah. Good stuff. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was great. I was ready not to like this song for some reason. I think just because it's. We want to be contrarian sometimes, and uh, I was ready not to like it, but it's it's good. I think it's great. I don't I don't have anything other than <laughs> Stupid Guns and Roses to, to base it on. But when I wrote that too, I said I said it, it it strikes me as weird from a Bob Dylan fan standpoint because you do have to remember that song came out in 1973 on a movie soundtrack, and now it became a hit. So like this song, there is a life in this song that will be beaten to death. Don't do not get me wrong. We have beaten that song to bloody death. But I think that this song right now in this moment, that version of it, that song is still very, very, very much alive. And you can hear it. Oh, 
And then I, but what I keep thinking of, and my whole point too with, uh, you know, Johnny Ace and like putting Darkest Dungeon and all this kind of stuff is like this was made in 2002. Like this is not from this was not looking at 1973 and saying, oh, this is a fresh song. Like this is someone from today compiling this album and so they made the choice in that case to take off this land is your land bob dylan's has done that before because he doesn't want to share royalty rights so i don't know if we're still in that sort of weird like fuck putting on other people's songs because i want all this money coming to me or he's feeling generous today to give to money to woody Guthrie's estate god forbid like i don't i don't know the ins and outs of all of that but it's like man i kind of just wish that was on there yeah. but it is a nice ending <laughs> We'll be in the area for a few days, maybe. We'll see you tomorrow night. It was great. I mean, for what it was, it, it ended really well. What a ride. Yeah. Which is true. Like, it was a fun experiment, like, tour show thing. And yeah. I think it would have been really, really cool, cool to, to see. It's cool to see. Yeah. For sure. And also that new music, which, especially if you're into it, yeah. Oh, most importantly, half the songs have a harmonica. Mm. So that's my final note. That's fucking essential. I know. I'm really excited to listen to Desire. That's Hopefully we get a Desire song. That would be cool. That would be fucking awesome. Let's do it. All right. So we are not going to be – this is breaking news. Breaking news. Bump, 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 Breaking news. <laughs> we will not be doing a mix-up confusion this week because we had a full record. We listened to the record. Get off our backs. Okay? Get off our backs. We really give you – We're for another hour. Of I know. Another hour. This is already got an hour. Come on. Yeah. I mean we love you, but go to the back catalog. <laughs> go to the back alley. We gotta go listen to our supplemental. Which go listen to our supplemental. And who knows how many song, how many episodes we have out now? Who knows? Who knows what the future's like? I hope you're having a great day in the future. Um, but we are still gonna recommend a couple of things. Just throw it out. We might end up talking about them at more length next week. But Kelly, anything beyond Roll and Thunder? Uh, Cameron you? Esposito, whom I love, who's mm. a queer comedian. She. Just started a new podcast. She has one where she does stand up with her wife uh, called Put Your Hands Together. But she just started one called Query. There's like six episodes already. She's released them like every three days. She's going to run out. I don't know what she's doing. But it's uh, hour-long interviews with uh, LGBT, LGBT. I can't even say it. She's Christ. Well, that's uh, bad. Being a bad gay. <laughs> interviews with queer people. <laughs> in, uh, so far she's done like Jill Soloway and she did her wife on the first one, Rhea Butcher, because she's That's a comedian a and an actress on her own, right? It's great. It's an hour. It's her goal is, which I've been thinking about a lot too, is uh, trying to kind of like have our history somewhere. Yeah, just gathering people's stories is history. That's fucking yeah. history. Not who we elect as fucking president or who's sitting in this office. What's Fuck that. What's actually happening on the ground? What are people doing? Yeah. So I think it's cool. And that's I think it's a really great project that uh, she's taken up. Find Cameron Esposito on Google. There yeah. you go. She's she's there. She's there you go. Just type in find Cameron Esposito <laughs> on Google. Into on Google. Google. There you go. Uh, I'm going to recommend a couple records real quick. Um, number one, I got excited about it last week. I've been listening to it nonstop. Science fiction, brand new. We'll be talking about brand new next week. I fucking love it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Glad we did it. I'm glad we did it too. And I didn't have to learn shit this week, so you know. It was great. This this was your (laughs) week off. I mean, maybe we don't know. Maybe we'll get another weird record next week. So. Oh yeah. We should get desire. Let's do that. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad we have something to look forward to. At least one thing to look forward to. Yeah, I really liked all those songs. I was surprised. I don't know why. (laughs) No, I think it's like. I don't know. We've been listening to so many random things that it's like, I think I also preach this inconsistency a lot. 
that when we get something that is inherently consistent, because we're not going from 1980 to 60 to 70 to 1990 to 2010, like we're not, it's all just right here. This is it. Better or worse, you know, you might not enjoy some parts of it, but like that shit's consistent and it sounds great. And it sounds enough like the record that you can like get really get excited because it sounds just like that but it's also got a bunch of flourishes that you're just not going to find so okay so that is gone <laughs> guess what's underneath of it blind willie mctell all right oh my god <laughs> uh every time i see it it's just that is the one that just for whatever reason is just as if it's bolded italicized just blinking i just notice it every time i scroll the board it is come, it's out to get me. Well, That's what I know I'm, you're not joking when you say, even if we get that song, I'm not going to do it until the very last song of this entire podcast. Yeah, I'm going to figure out a way. Okay, so uh, 508. What do you think it's going to be, Kelly? 437. That's a nice strong. You're, that's okay. confident. You're Bob Dylan 437. This week. 437, 284. Cool. 437. Nervous. <laughs> See that my grave is kept clean. Hey. By Bob Dylan kind of what our playlist on is bob here. dylan that is what our playlist if you are interested in our playlist we never send any of this it's a long episode playlist see that my grave nope see that my playlist is kept clean on spotify yeah. enjoy also we're at sotwpod.com sotwpod everywhere please follow us we love you 284 <sighs> what another album oh really john wesley harding no shit Hey, hey, we are. We I know. Got two songs. We got two album. John Wesley Harding songs, and now the whole album. And now we have the whole album. Sweet. This is weird. Why? Why do we keep getting albums? I don't understand. We are moving though. So next week is going to be another longer episode. God, our fourth album: Triplicate, Planet Waves, This, Dylan and the Dead. Oh God! All right, so this is a five. <laughs> That's nuts. Out of twenty-seven. Wow. How do we keep getting albums? They are the minority. They are. I know. They're in the deep minority. Somebody's laughing at us. I don't know. But we're going to talk John Wesley Harding next week. I think I'm more primed to talk about John Wesley Harding than perhaps I have been any other song ever. Because we had two in a row. Yeah. And we'll listen the shit out of it. We will see you next week for a return to 1967. So we love you. Have a great night. Goodbye. Fucking crazy. Been around, been rocked in a row, till I finally landed on the Plymouth Plantation. Stood on the rock where they started a nation, and I knew that this land was made for you and me.